Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Made in the 80s, podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have Tim and Kendon. So we survived the jagged edge. <laughs> we did. No, uh, no murders here at Club South End, which is great to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to report. Um, but we will talk about this movie in a little bit. I will put the timestamp in the show notes while uh, the three of us catch up. Let's, uh, let's, let's, it's been a little bit since we've recorded. Can you guys tell me, is there any four, one, one? <laughs> um, yeah, I can go really quickly. Okay. Um, first of all, someone had, had tweeted out a picture of warehouse music. Remember warehouse music? Remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. I remember going to a friend of the show, Chris. We went to pick up the maxi single for Tupac's How Do You Want It in order to hear a B-side song titled Hit Him Up. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, okay. We sat in his white Honda Civic hatchback and we listened to it multiple times in a row. As you I get up, this is and then for, for those people younger, this was pre-internet. So it wasn't like we heard a snippet or we heard a, a link for it. It was just we heard he had a diss song. That's all we knew. And it was called Hit Him Up. We knew nothing else about the song. And when we heard those opening lyrics, we were like, okay, this is different. Um, yeah, that's my warehouse music memory is, is going to warehouse music on Broadway and getting that CD. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so great. You're going to have a fun time explaining to young people what it's like for albums to be sold out and having to physically go buy an album. So I'll just I'll just analogize it to the PlayStation 5. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when you couldn't get a PS5? Yeah, it was like that. But for albums, you like. Or even in the beginning of um, COVID, like Mm -hmm. weren't stitches really hard to get? So like. I felt like or was it? Wait, is that what it's called? It's actually, it was toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> toilet right. paper, sanitizer, <laughs> laptops. Everything. Everything was difficult to get during those times. It's funny <laughs> you say hand sanitizer. We were at a, a wedding recently in a Catholic, uh, in the cathedral. And at mm-hmm. one point during one of the, the ceremonies, like the, I'm going to say the, the helper priest <laughs> brought up some hand sanitizer like just purell like purell, up, purell bottle <laughs> and I, I leaned over to shalia and i was like it's the holy hand sanitizer because <laughs> <laughs> everything else is so like yeah <laughs> oh man okay um all right what other news do you have tim uh really quickly there's a sam raimi family horror film called night books it's coming out have you ever read that mm Apparently, it's all the rave with the kids called Night Books. It's coming to Netflix. Um, it's got Christian Ritter's in it. She's starring in it. You may know her as Jesse's girlfriend from Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, I'm excited for oh, it. Or as um, Jessica Jones. Or as Jessica Jones. <laughs> one of those two is, I think, a little more prominent a role. <laughs> well, she, she's one of the first people I ever interviewed. And I'll never forget, she was like riding around LA in like a really souped up Prius. You interviewed her? Yeah. This she is seems before. like a fun interview. She seems like a fun interview. It's for this movie called The Last International Playboy. Um, she's, she's good. Yeah, she's great. But this Do is you... right after she her character passed away in Breaking Bad. She was onto something else. Do you remember there's a movie a while back where 
there's like a guy and his friends all work at the airport and this like really hot girl is like into him. And so it's all about like, she's a 10 and you're like a six at best. And you she's can't out of my league. that one. So she's yeah. like the best friend in that. No, you know, can I tell you something I hate? What? I hate that I knew exactly what movie you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I knew that. Like, I mean, just movie. yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a good movie ish, um, but I just rewatched it and I was like, Hey, Jessica Jones. <laughs> and also, who's who's the lead in that movie? Alice Eve. Oh, who's also in Star Trek? <laughs> very yeah. attractive in person. Like I was b- shocked by how attractive she was in person. Did oh, you that seems her? that seems like a total lie. <laughs> no, I was uh, she's cute, but like in person, she was striking in a way that I didn't anticipate. This is no, how- no, you can tell in the movies. I, I think she is a gorgeous person. Kendon, like I know this, but there's something about seeing someone in person that's a little jarring when they're sitting next to you. It's a, she got the accent and she's looking right in your face. Like they don't, they don't prepare you for that when you're doing interviews. Is like, Tim is Tim starstruck? Mm-hmm. That's what he sounds like. It's I mean, like, not necessarily star, but struck, struck. <laughs> by her, right? Now, both of you can attest to this. You ever just be living your day? And you see someone who's so incredibly attractive that you're like, whoa, I didn't expect to see this very attractive person today. And it kind of, you kind of hit a speed bump, obviously, when you see your wife, apparently. But you know, <laughs> like, imagine you, you're going to interview someone, you show up, you've seen them, you're like, okay, she's attractive. You show up to interview them, and they seem to be a lot more attractive than you remember. <laughs> it can be a little off-putting. But I, I believe you interviewed before the probably <laughs> the girls from project x didn't anticipate that at all and yeah were- i believe you it's like um i mean i on the screen you see their like physical right yeah. beauty and then you see whatever the character is that they're playing yeah. but when you're in the like actual physical presence then there's mm-hmm. there's there's other pieces to it but everybody has their own kind of style mm-hmm. like they're all dolled up and they look how they want to look not necessarily as a character. Yeah, it'll get you every time. <laughs> My favorite line of um, that movie was they were like selling her, she could come swimming and they're like, it's okay, you can wear underwear. This underwear is fine. And she's like, underwear would be fine if I was wearing any. <laughs> I was thinking that way. It's actually a funny movie. It's, it's you know, it held up. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And then, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a joy. All right, All right, any other news? That's it for me. Kendon, you got news? You do have news. Tell us your news. Yeah, so Tim, yes. Masters in the Universe or He Man. Yeah. I'm actually not sure which which it's going by mm-hmm. for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Did you see the trailer? The new the new cartoon? Yeah. It's out now. Yeah. Oh, it's out? It's out out. Yeah. You haven't seen it? I thought why you brought it up. Wait, the okay, this is getting confusing. I've seen the trailer. Yes. The show doesn't come out until September 16th. I think it's the, the, the animated He-Man show. The, the CG one. Yeah, I think it's out now. The Kevin Smith one, right? No. No, this is different. Oh. This is different. So there, wait, so there's a Kevin Smith one and there's something else? Yeah. The Kevin Smith one, I think, is a, some, somehow connected or wants to be like connected to the original show. This one is just a, a, a remake of the show it's computer it's computer animated instead of 2d animated 
Okay. And yeah, and anyways, I watched this trailer. I guess maybe you haven't seen the trailer then. I just saw it three days ago. Let's see. Oh wow, this looks great. I like this animation. It reminds me of like the Star Wars stuff that they've done. Yeah. Yeah, it looks very vibrant. It was uh wow. Why did I know about this? Is it a show or a movie? It's a show. It's a show. It's a show. Series, yeah. Do we have any faith in it? I mean, so I just just curious because of it being He-Man Masters of the Universe. Faith in it, I I, I might check out an episode or so, but I don't I don't think it's for me. No, I just like, I yeah. like the trailer. Yeah, it's definitely for kids, but the trailer looks fun. And they've changed it up so that um the heroes are like kids. This reminds yeah. me actually because we just watched Shazam, but I'll bring that up later. But it's kind of like they're all kids. They're all kids. And then yeah. when they say like a word of power or something, they turn into he-man or um man at arms or any like they turn into them and so that looked like it looks fun anyway yeah. I, I just thought the trailer was particularly bright colorful um kind of engaging in a bit in a way so cool yeah other news so i read a report that um in black panther 2 they might be introducing uh one riri williams yes they are yeah okay Which- okay I think it's good. Yeah, very excited. So she goes by, uh, I think, Ironheart in the comics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's a relatively new character, but we happen to have, Shalia's looking right over at Mm -hmm. it. We have a really nice piece of art um, of her with like the Iron Man, uh, like arc reactor sitting on her chest um, that we got from Comic-Con the last time there was a Comic-Con here. (laughs) A couple years ago, yeah. Um, so I think that's fun, especially because I mean, this can't be an accident. Her and um, Shuri being together in the same movie mm-hmm. you can only imagine what wild technology she's going to be involved in. Well, last we saw Panther and Shuri, they're expanding their reach to the US, they're opening a center in Oakland. Oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's actually, you're right. That's mm-hmm. really perfect. Do we have any idea in terms of cast for her? No. Yeah, they cast it. I forgot the young woman's name. They oh, you, you you saw them cast? Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Anything else in terms of the news, babe? Yes, more tidbits. <laughs> um, so the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie that's coming out, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. What? There's another one? <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> there is. <laughs> you, we watched it together. You saw the end, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I just didn't know. It's I hadn't heard. Really set up for a sequel. Anyways, um, Shalia, do you remember Knuckles, the character Knuckles? No. Okay, Knuckles was a red echidna who showed up in the later uh, games on the Sega Genesis. Anyways, they're uh, they've casted Idris Elba to play the voice of of the character Knuckles, and I I'm trying to put that together in my head. Do you think yeah. he'll have a British accent? Because Probably. if he has a British tough accent. I think it'll be particularly hilarious. It'll be really funny. I hope they I hope they keep his accent. Yeah, it'll be good. I I, I have no uh, hesitation in saying I, that. I think that's <laughs> sometime in 2022. So I'm really actually hoping to go to see that in the theater because I think that was the last movie I saw in the theater before everything shut down. Jesus, yeah, it was. Yeah, and I went with you. So yeah, I'm really hoping that we are able to go back because that was a good big popcorn sort of dumb movie yep um just a um a couple other things there have been some articles out uh about dune 2 mm-hmm. right um the headlines 
tend to be something along the lines of uh, Zendaya is going to replace um, Timothy Chalamet as the lead of Dune. Mm -hmm. I think these are really misleading um, headlines. And um, I think it makes total sense because the books are are told, the story is told um, from the point of view of like looking into the past. Mm-hmm. So everybody already knows who Paul Moadib is, like what he's done. And so I think by the time we get to the second half of the movie, this, or the second movie, which is going to tell the second half of the original book, you're having a situation where Paul is becoming a legend, right? And it makes sense for the focus to shift to somebody who's watching his ascent into a new, like, into a new status, as mm-hmm. opposed to, he's not a great pro- protagonist on his own in the books because, well, you have multiple people's point of view, right? So it's not just about following him. It's about following the events. That's the way I've always experienced the books. Mm-hmm. So I, my guess is he's going to have just as much screen time, if not more. Mm-hmm. But I, I would imagine that the way that they frame things will be from, from Chani's uh, perspective on how he develops into the legend that he becomes which makes sense because they're going i mean sh- she's going to be the nearest person to him in order to like witness all of that yes uh, for anybody who's not clear the, um chani is going to be the main character's wife that's so um that's my you you had asked earlier what my thoughts were on that and i, I think it makes perfect sense but I, I think this is kind of an example of the way headlines are written are that's super clickbaity yeah yeah and that's the problem yeah, and the headlines irritate me because I feel like they it's clickbaity and they're they're trying to stir up controversy, which irritates me because it's like <clears throat> the controversy being, oh, now they're trying to make things more quote unquote diverse and blah blah. Like, oh, the woman has to replace the man. I mean, this is what happens if you go into comment sections. Maybe you should <laughs> yeah, stay away from those. Yeah, but I, I think I think it's just fine. Yeah. Any other news? Nope. Okay, I don't have any news. So let's let's find out what you guys have been doing. What have you been up to? What are you watching, reading, listening to, thinking about? Well, I think the biggest thing that we probably all have been watching, The Suicide Squad. That's right. Yeah. We did yeah. watch that since our last recording. Tim, mm-hmm. what did you think about it? I really enjoyed it. thought it was fun. Kendon? I loved it. I I was I don't know Tim if you were following my messages as we were watching it but I was like two seconds in and I hate this movie five minutes in and I hate this movie what part made you hate it um the killing of the animals oh yeah um uh and I'm like oh my because I was like I know what kind of movie this is going to be I'm prepared but it's one thing you're talking about the weasel well the weasel was my second report the bird was the first one oh where Kenan's like he's going to kill that bird I'm like, no, he's not. He's not going to yeah, kill she Literally, she was like, no, he's not. I was like, do you not know he what is. movie we're watching? He's a villain. He does, and then he did. How do you establish a villain other than having him kill an innocent bird? Yeah. Yeah. So I was very irritated, but it it picked up from there. And the <laughs> and I really like the day. The animals, the animals saved the day. That was so funny. Like, I so I know point. these characters existed before this movie, but like somebody whose superpower is, I mean, I guess Ant-Man they've got ants but like rats really and take away tp like i just yeah it was good it was really fun <laughs> i was particularly impressed with the uh with the choice of villain and the execution of villain like the main 
how do I say monster. creature monster that they have to go up against mm-hmm. as really inspired. It right. reminded me of Watchmen a little bit. That, yeah. That's a good that's a good pull. Apparently, that is the first uh, villain that the Justice League ever fought. Like back on I don't know the 40s or whenever the Justice League became a thing. Yeah. It's so it's so goofy. Not a terrifying creature. Yeah, it's goofy and I, it's well written. Like the I would, obviously we're not going to spoil it, but just the way things are set up, I'm like, wow, I really didn't see that coming. <laughs> I that was clever the way you you set that up. So great, great Harley yeah. Quinn performance. Mm-hmm. I thought Adrian Elba was good as Bloodsport. John Cena was funny. Seems really funny in it. Uh, and who else? Um, Octavia Spencer is great as uh, like a bad, like a, someone you hate. <laughs> she's a, yeah, she's a villain. Yeah, yeah. Villain. They're trying to make her too cute in like both sides of the fence in the first one. She is a villain. That is yeah. her in the comics. That is her role in the cartoons. She's a villain. And I like that she went full villain. I love yeah. that with Storm Reed and Idris Elba when she's that Come. argument is so good. Yeah. Yes, that is amazing. Yeah. And I thought it, I thought it might it might like escalate into something more eloquent, <laughs> and it never does. Never does. I um a bit of a trivia for you, Tim. I don't know if you are aware, but uh, Peacemaker, the character that John um, Cena is playing, mm-hmm. was the um, inspiration for the comedian in The Watchmen. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, you you say, I'll kill person. I'll kill every man, woman, and child to get peace. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a funny character. He's a crazy character. Did you watch the uh, post credit scene? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, Peacemaker series. Yeah, a limited series, right? But it's already been filmed. Yep, they're filming right now. It might be done filming. I'm excited for John Cena. <laughs> and James Gunn. I think James Gunn is super talented. Yes, absolutely. You know, so I was a little not afraid, but skeptical, I guess, thinking like, okay, we've already seen Guardians. It's we've seen it. Like, there's nothing new here. But I thought it was absolutely new. <laughs> like, it was not just the exact same formula. I thought, yeah, yeah it was good. It felt it felt comic-y as well, which yeah. I, I just the t- the tone was was not the same kind of like uh, the Marvel movies kind of all have a consistent tone. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I think had a tone that feels kind of like if you were watching cartoons, you know, yeah. particularly yeah. the newer cartoons that they make for us who were really into cartoons when we were kids. So like um, all the, deep the Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn cartoon, which is kind of playing off of the fact that you've seen the earlier versions of cartoons. You get where I'm right. going? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What else have you met with you? Um, I watched Shazam. You did watch Shazam. It's really great. I'm sure Shalia already talked about it, but just because we were talking about Suicide Squad, these uh, these DC movies seem really disconnected, and I think that's yes. a good thing. And you know, some people have criticized them for for not being like a cohesive universe, but honestly, that's what I remember reading comics being like. It's like, because you have a different writer over here and a different artist over here and stuff like that. So I feel like this really tightly uh, connected universe that Marvel has been doing 
is not my experience of comic books. So I'm totally okay with this, um, with this kind of scattershot approach that DC is doing when it creates good movies, like Shazam. So I think I mentioned Shazam maybe a couple of years ago. Tim, I don't know if you remember, I watched it on a plane, but I only saw the first maybe half hour of it and I've never finished it. So that's how Ken ended up watching because I, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, we could, we could do this because I haven't finished it. Um, so, and then like, I think four attempts later, it got completed. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a fun movie. I really like the kids in it um, and the family obviously so establishing a, fa- a sibling bond and having like a nice home is home when you call it that sure that'll hook you every time yeah and on that on that note my final thing is what if t'challa became star lord yes i think that was a really good episode also this is the the animated show what if on disney plus um you also watched the first one, Captain Carter. Did we not talk about Captain Carter yet? No. no. Oh. We don't have to, but. Yeah, the, the Captain Carter one, like the animation was good and the action was good, but it seemed kind of like just retelling the same story mm. um, as uh, the first Avenger, the, the Captain America first Avenger movie. So mm. I think this second episode of What If with T'Challa as Star-Lord diverted away from uh, that first Guardians movie. Oh, like it just... the third episode. Just... What's the third episode? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Wait, not even not... the premise? Nope. Just... Oh, okay. Just watch it. But I did. I liked I liked the T'Challa as Star-Lord. I, yeah. It was funny to me. Like, the the differences. I was like, oh, of course. Thanos like... showing up. It's really funny. And then, like, the children of Thanos are in it. That's great. Because they don't, yeah, it's, they are really good at tying stuff together. Have you ever seen the villain bar? um on yeah. on youtube yeah yeah once <laughs> once they all showed up at the bar and all these random villains and all these people are there because t'challa is such a great person that he had solved so many problems it started to remind me kind of yeah. of a parody yeah the like villain villain pub, they're, all, they're all hanging yeah. out together yeah. yeah i liked it a lot everybody keeps giving a thanos a hard time for wanting to have committed genocide he's like i still think my plan had some merits yeah. Yeah, he's trying to explain it <laughs> That genocide, he was like, but it would be random. Like, it's random. Like, <laughs> appeal to it's not like, everybody. Yeah, 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 but it's super random, so it's not the same. Yeah, I really liked the second episode. It was good. It was it was really good. Uh, okay, anything else you've been doing? That's all. All right, Tim, what about you? What you been up to? To piggyback on some Marvel stuff, I saw Marvel's uh, Shang-Chi the other day. We were just talking about that. What did you think? Excellent. Okay. Marvel is very good at tying things together. Were you able to see it in a theater or did you see it at home? In the movie theater. Okay. Is that what you would recommend in terms of? Yeah, it's a big yeah. movie. It's a big movie. I forgot, uh, what's his name? Is in it from Creed? Big Nasty, what's his name? The dude who played Drago's son. Oh, He's oh I don't know it. his name, but yeah. It's, it's, it's a great origin story. It's funny. It's got some great action scenes. It's had a lot of stuff that we've seen over the past seven years together. It's great. I could not recommend it more. Excellent. When is it going to be out? September 3rd. Okay. Coming up. Coming up. Nice. Anything else? I also watched, started watching 
Mythic Quest on Apple TV. It's a great show. It's this comedy about this game developers. They built the game called Mythic Quest, which is like this online kind of like uh, what do we call it? Like an MMO. Kind of. Um, but it's really funny. It's really less about the game, more about the characters and people building the game and. Like there's one kid who's like a streamer. He's kind of a dick. He's in it. It's <laughs> he's like a Twitch streamer. So it's funny. It's it's. I would if you have Apple TV, I'd recommend watching it. It's it's pretty solid. Is it like a faux documentary or is it just like a show? And like these are characters building. It's a show. Okay. Yeah, it's a show. Cool. Then I'm listening to the Killers' new album. What? The Killers. Huh. They have a new album. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to it on my on my Saturday walk, and I was like, "This is an excellent album." I've always like I like Hot Fuss is one of my favorite albums that they've done. Their first one. Um, this is probably my second favorite. Excellent. What's the name of it? Do you know? Ah, uh, it's good one. Let me look it up. I was just listening to some Aaliyah since Aaliyah's back on our streaming platforms. Oh. Her her album's still really good. Like that one in a million is still a great album. Absolutely. What's your favorite uh, song? What's your favorite, Aaliyah? Hot Like Fire. Oh. Hot Like, like, Hot Like Fire came on. I was like, yo, this song is still, like, good. Like, obviously, you know, four-page letter, one in a million, these songs come up. Hot Like Fire to me is by far. Anyway, the Killers album is called Pressure Machines. Okay. Pressure Machine. Good. So I got to say, Are You That Somebody, I think is, because <laughs> every time I hear that beat, uh, it's mine. That's mine too. But mine is because I like learned that whole dance. You learned the whole dance too. <laughs> I learned that whole dance. Oh man! And like we do it at dances and stuff. Uh, yeah. Do you think? Uh, nice. Do you think this Killers album would be good for bike ride? Not have be- that sort of. Hmm? It's a little slow. Uh, it was good for my walk. I don't know. If <laughs> the gym. Um, <laughs> say. Fair enough. Yeah. Anything else you've been? Well, doing? I'm gonna check that one out. I'll- Oh, sorry, Shalee. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that one out and, and let you know what I think. Cause I, mm-hmm. I really liked their uh I really liked their first couple albums as well. Yeah, you'll like it. Um and then I feel like I watched some oh I watched that weird um movie with Wolverine and he's looking at people's memories. Remin- oh, Days of yeah, Future yeah, Fast. No, 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 no. Days of Future Fast. Yeah, Days of Future Fast. which reminds me of that stupid robot that Elon Musk wants to make remind me of those sentinels from Days of Future Past. Uh-huh. My first thought was like, oh, this is like those future sentinels that like Tyrion Lannister was making in Day of the Future Past. Anyway. It's like Elon Musk just a supervillain that is like actively telling us he's a supervillain and everybody just thinks he's cute. I'm going to space. I'm building self-made cars. I'm building robots that look like humanoids. Yeah, he's doing all the building stuff. And and a secret underground like tunnel network to rapidly move my army around the country. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Reminiscence is, is about this future where global warming has kind of reshaped, at least as we know, Miami, where a lot of it is underwater. It's so hot in the daytime that people come out at night. That's when the city comes alive. But anyway, because the future is so shitty, people love to live in the past. So there's this, apparently this machine they used to use to interrogate people during some war that we're not, we, we hear about, people getting drafted to, and we don't know necessarily what the war was for. But part of this was this tool that they used to interrogate people, which allowed you to read the script and it would replay their memories and you could see it. 
Um, but then it became this thing that people use just as like leisure. Like I'm just gonna go remember a loved one or remember a time before this mess. So anyway, he gets stuck in this trying to figure out a murder. Or this woman he knows goes missing. This woman he's in love with is missing, and he thinks something happened to her. She would have just left him. So he's in these memories trying to like find this woman. And it's all these, it's way too many twists and turns. Like as much as I love the concept, it was way too much like, you know, gotcha. Oh no, it was this way. A lot of Mr. X, it was just really like, all right, you're doing too much. It just tells the story. Um, but yeah, it's on HBO Max if you want to watch it. I thought I got too convoluted towards the end when I was like, wait, what? Like I'm watching, you ever watch like at a Mariners game when they're doing like, this hat is on this ball under this hat and it's like switching hats. That's what I felt. <laughs> I'm like, why am I following this ball under all these hats? Just tell the story. And they couldn't just tell the story. There's a timing thing where it's like you can do so much of that, but then you just go a little too far. And that's the there's a there's a sweet spot when you're doing it's, that. It also reminds me of the one time my dad called me complaining about Bowser Galactica. <laughs> Because he felt like people being like, oh, you could be a robot was like a, a convenient plot device. You get paid in the corner, like, oh no, this person, they're actually not human, and you can just re- misdirect. He hated, he called you around for like 10 minutes about how much he hated it. Um, <laughs> it sounds like my that. dad's my dad's feeling about time travel in movie. <laughs> yeah, right? It's convenient. Oh, it's a new time travel. But um, I feel like that with, with reminiscence was. You'd watch a scene, you'd be like, oh, this is crazy. And they'd be like, oh, wait, you're watching somebody's memory. I'm like, well, what's the point? Like, why? <laughs> what are we doing? Um, it's right, oh, it's like the end of uh, the Twilight Saga, Shalia. They have this enormous battle, this epic uh, battle. Yeah. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, this was a, this was a dream. This is what yeah. could happen. I was like, that's really cheating. That's having your cake and eating it, too. Well, here's the thing about that. They did it once, right? Like, I think it was okay. It was, we knew like that was her power. It happened once. It was like a, oh, okay. Now let's like not have that be what happens. Yeah. When you're doing it too many times, that's where it's like, all right, dude, just get to the point. Yeah. The end of virtuosity is like that. The scene is in the virtual world and he doesn't know it. You can't keep going back to that well. Exactly. You you know who pulled it off well is the end of um, Upgrade. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's fine. Again, I think like the hat trick of the Mariners game, you know, a few seconds and then there's the ball versus when you like don't have it going on for five minutes. Yeah, exactly. That was, um, oh, it was the movie that we watched with Steven Seagal. Yeah, above the law. <laughs> I was like, this, this plot is too convoluted. It's like... too much. <laughs> it's, it's prostitution, it's drugs, it's, it's the mob, it's it's senators the church yeah it's senators the church yeah yeah it's like a smorgasbord of like crime i said that all the time about into the dragon like what was happening on han's island there was so much shit happening on his island like human trafficking heroin illegal fights to the death like he was doing a lot for like that little island <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like when they when they uh, go down into the foot clan's lair in the first yeah. ninja turtles movie it's like there's delinquency, there's video gaming, there's yeah. there's smoking, skateboarding. It's all here. It's all here. All of it. Whatever you want, it's, it's here. Yeah. All right. Um. So Tim, you you told us where we could watch it if we want to. Do you recommend yeah, it? Max. Um. 
Depends. Okay. It depends. It's not a waste of time, but it may not be the best use of your time. So. Fair. Fair. <laughs> it depends on what you have going on. So we could play Monopoly Deal and uh, maybe have dinner while it's on. Yeah. But it's so convoluted, you have to pay attention. Ah. Uh, what? What is, what is he doing? What, is, what are we watching? What is he? Why is he on a boat? Why is someone getting drowned? Like, you need to know. Got it. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Anything else? That's it for me. Okay. I've got a okay. few things, but I'll try to be quick on each one. Um, first up, I got to watch Jungle Cruise. And unfortunately, there was a lot going on. So I don't quite know what was happening in the movie. <laughs> so I need to rewatch it. Um, but I saw the whole thing. And what I did see was funny. And I enjoyed it. And I love kind of Yeah, I mean, I love the rock. He's hilarious. Emily Blunt was great. So um yeah got to do that and I so I can't say if I recommend it but I think I probably do because I did enjoy it uh I also watched this uh tv series there's only one season I believe I think it's on Netflix it's called The Unlisted it's not new but it's about this um experiment I think they're in Australia uh or New Zealand I think they're in Australia but it's an experiment where they're wanting to create the next like generation of super workers. Um, so basically they're taking kids and implanting them with like mind control devices um, by pretending that they had a dentist appointment and giving them like kind of super strength as well. And like making them really, really smart, um, but also completely compliant. Um, so in terms of what they're told to do. Oh, interesting. interesting. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna have to. We're Uh-oh. gonna have to redact that part. Tim, Tim's causing trouble. We're doing the vaccine and making kids super smart. <laughs> oh my goodness! But um, anyway, so the idea is like employers are and big companies are investing in this because they're that's their next super workers, like their next management, their next line workers. They're going to be able to do all this great stuff and listen and do whatever they tell them to do. It, it was, it's, it's interesting, right? It's, it's kids. It's, it's a kid's show. It's fun. And, um, I kind of recommend it. It's not, doesn't take too long. It's silly. It's ridiculous, but it's fun. I, I, I had fun with it. So if you don't have anything else to do watching a season of it, not, not a big commitment. And I liked it. Uh, the other thing I watched was Space Jam. Can I be honest? Yeah. I um, I didn't, I it I, it didn't meet my expectations. So I had watched the original not long ago, and like that was I just remembered like oh yeah it, this is fine like it's a ridiculous concept. Um, let's yeah. watch some basketball <laughs> like <laughs> characters that we know and love between Michael Jordan and the Looney Tunes at that point in time like why not great music. Uh, this, this one, I was really excited for, cause I really like LeBron James. I thought it was going to be a solid remake or it wasn't really a remake. It was just kind of like a sequel follow-up years and years later. But what it really felt like was like just a two hour commercial for all of the properties that Warner brothers has. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and then the LeBron James show, like it just, <laughs> it, it felt like a long commercial. Like there was, there's this like underlying message that they were trying to push the whole time, which I don't remember there being a message in the first one. <laughs> I didn't think we needed one. Like there's, it was probably believe in yourself. Um, believe don't you be can bullied, fly. something like that. But like, yeah, this one, it was like, you got to work hard. And then like, 
eventually soften up and have fun. And, but it was like, it was just, it was too strong. Like it was just, it felt like it was too much, like versus just, we got to play this really cool basketball game with all of this amazing stuff, which they had, but yeah, I just, the messaging was too hard. And like, again, it felt like a really big commercial, which like at first it was fun, but I was just like, okay, (laughs) I'm done. I'm over it. Speaking of which, speaking of Space Jam, did you see them wheeling all of that evidence for R. Kelly's case to trial? Wow. Carts of evidence. What? Like, you might as well launch that man to the sun and save everybody some time. (laughs) It was so much evidence. I was like, this is, yeah. So the, the, the opening statement was about him being married to Aaliyah and his lawyer was like, she's passed, so I don't feel like it's fair to talk about it. Man, I don't think that's the way the law it. works, right? Kendon, I don't think so either, but. Uh, okay, so then the other thing I wanted to mention that I have been doing is um, Kendon and I went on a kayaking like little trip this week um, up in Bellingham where it was like you a night Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't really need to be taught how to kayak. No, no <laughs> so, you got in a kayak. Yeah, yeah, got in the kayak. Was it hard to do pregnant? Oh, you know what's hard to be pregnant is like everything. Like they were standing. <laughs> it was like some people hadn't like ever kayaked before, so it was like they're doing like a lot of introductory stuff and showing like parts of the boat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't stand here, like in one spot, just standing here this long. I was like, let me find somewhere to sit down. Um, but no, getting in and out was fine. The issue was like I can't use a lot of core strength, so Kendon was doing all of the like work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but no, being pregnant in kayak wasn't a big deal at all. I've been paddleboarding too. Like it's wow. Yeah, it's not well, too hard. My mom did play softball when she was pregnant with us. So oh my goodness, that sounds scary. Like, what if you get hit by a ball? In the seventies, you can do whatever. I guess you could probably cut it. Still smoked. I don't know. Fair enough. My my experience so far is exercise is great as long as gravity is taken care of. So like, okay. swimming is my favorite exercise. Um. Mm-hmm kayaking and even paddleboarding like i've been doing it like i'm not standing i'm sitting so like, <laughs> but also you're such a water person being from hawaii that not surprised yeah 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 totally but so this was a night kayak um and and basically it was to get go from the like boat rental place to this bay where we could see bioluminescence at night so it was really fun to just like play in the sparkly water feeling like i was in a disney movie um mm. And it's, I, I had, I had seen it before on Lopez Island, but I didn't realize like, I don't have to go that far. I mean, just in Bellingham on a bay that we could reach by foot on land. Um, we can see that at night. So that was really cool to kind of discover what we have in our, you know, backyard and Kendon and I are still married. So that's good. I was in charge of steering. Shalia <laughs> had, to, had to put up with a lot because I am not a very comfortable person in a kayak. I was on edge the whole time. Yeah, I had to keep telling him, babe, it's okay. We're safe. Like, we're not going to tip. I can feel that we're solid. But every time it like rocked a little, Kendon's just like, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it is because I love kayak or I love canoes right canoes like they do they jostle around a little bit but i feel like they're solid in the water the kayak just is so the first time i went kayaking i got i fell into lake uh lake union and lost my glasses so i've never been comfortable with a kayak well the other piece with kayaks is your legs are restrained like 
because they're in the yeah. boat and they're stuck yeah. there. Yeah. Versus like canoe, like in a canoe, your legs are just where they are. So like you don't feel as trapped um, and like bound to the boat and whatever the boat is doing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I know Kenan survived the, uh, the, the stress of it and it was really fun. So friends, if you haven't played in the bioluminescence, um, at least in the Northwest, it's pretty fun and you should do it. Um, and then finally, I, well, Kenan joined me in watching White Lotus. Oh, I've and, heard things about the show. Yeah. Have you, you haven't seen it? I have not one. So I was skeptical at first. My sister Tiala, a friend in the show, and Jono were in town and mentioning it. And my other sister had started it. And so I was like, this show sounds awful. Um, and then they talked me into giving it a try. And then I got Kendon on it and we watched the entire thing in like a couple of days. It's only its first season. One of the cool things about it is that it was done during COVID. So there was a lot of um planning and care having to be put into having, you know, an actual production during COVID. It takes mm -hmm. place on Maui. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think they'd say that in the movie, but I'm not sure, or in the show, but I'm not sure. But basically it's like following these very rich, privileged um, tourists or people on vacation at a resort, at a, like a very fancy resort. So it's a little like, a little Downton Abbey where you're seeing the staff having to deal with them and then also watching them and their ridiculousness and following the drama. It's just a drama, but it's also set um, where I grew up. So that's kind of, I don't know, it's a mixed plate because it's like, it's infuriating, <laughs> but also like the view and the, the scenery is like home. So it makes me happy at the same time. But um, I recommend it. I think it's, it, it's like you hate everybody. Um, and that doesn't really change by the end, but there's just, I think you just hate everybody even more. Like it just kind of leaves you being like, wow, things, life is really unfair, but I don't know, in a, not in a good way. I don't know. Why did I like it? I'm, I don't know. Cause I was going to chime in and say, I strongly uh, disagree. And I think it was <laughs> not a good use of my time. Uh, like you start off upset, you get more upset and you end upset. Yeah. I just realized that like, as I'm walking through it, I'm like, I think I, I got like caught this. up in the drama. <laughs> You're like, I didn't really like this movie. Mm -hmm. But like in the end, I don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Next, I hear that there's a new season that's being worked on. It's going to take place at a different hotel, probably at a different location. Um, but it's it's very like, there's, there's hints of colonialization, um, exploitation, white privilege, um, but it doesn't resolve anything like not, that all exists at the end as well. So <laughs> that's, I think that's where you're like, yeah, it doesn't get better, but I liked it. So yeah, friends, you probably will try it or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Let us know what you think. <laughs> we survived it at the very least. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. Are you guys ready to ready. move to the eighties? These are some of these are just too easy. In Rocky Four, what boxer fights his final fight and fatal fight? Apollo Creed against Apollo Russian Creed. boxer Ivan Drago. Apollo Creed, an exhibition okay. fight. Mm -hmm. What did the main villain on Thundercats resemble? A mummy. 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 Like an Egyptian mummy. Yep, that is correct. Mumra, the ever living. So the options were a vampire, a werewolf, a mummy, or a dinosaur. <laughs> hey, Tim. I don't know if you remember from the last time you actually recorded in here, but right to Salida's uh, right over here is a mumra. 
He really doesn't look like a mummy. He doesn't right now. look like a mummy after he powers, he bulks up. He loses all of his bandaging. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What song by Cutting Crew explains its dramatic title with the lyric, It must have been something you said? Has Dinah Armstrong on it? Correct. Good job, Tim. All right. What nice. Tom Clancy novel featuring CIA analyst Jack Ryan was published in 1987? And 1992 was adapted into a film starring Harrison Ford. Pierce? Which, sorry. Samoa Pierce came out oh. later. Yeah. Um, so is it Clear and Present Danger? Clear and Present Danger, yeah. Or The Hunt for Red October? Clear and Present Danger. Keep trying. Oh, Patriot sure. Games? It's, yeah, there you go. It's Patriot yeah. Games. You just have to remember, like, what's the first one? Um, speaking of which, did we ever talk about Without Remorse? Because I did watch it. Did you watch it, Tim? I did, yeah. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. And then you're not interested. You haven't seen it, right? I wasn't particularly interested. No. Okay. Okay. What game where players roll a die to build a bug piece by piece? Wait. What game where people... <laughs> what game <laughs> where players roll a die to build a bug piece by piece comes with bug legs, sporting sneakers, inline and inline skates? Wow. No idea what this is. Yeah. This is the hell is this did you play this game Slim? nope don't never even heard of this it's called cootie c-o-o-t-i-e oh this sounds somewhat familiar i'm looking it up so yeah nope never heard of it but now we have oh speaking of remember those pants that we had a question about like not long ago where there was like an extra button and almost a little bit like hammer pants like from the 80s <laughs> kendon just found cootie do you, is this not familiar to you no but it looks like it's familiar to him it's very familiar. To, well, I think Tim might just have to Google it because yeah, my phone. Uh, but yeah, no, I played this game. You did? Did you? Oh, win? yeah. Huh? Do you think you won? I have no idea. I'm sorry. I played with these toys is a better way. To, like, this is like one of those games I feel like from like when I was four oh, or something. I've seen this. Yeah, I've definitely <laughs> like interacted with these. I do not know anything about the, the game. game of cootie. Wow. wow. This is like, oh, you're going to get cooties? yeah is that what that is like pretty much that's hilarious um, and what's funny is that i see it on the sears website which is another throwback so okay but so do you remember these pants that we were talking about like they're not cahoots or whatever but like Persuko? they had like a there was an extra button they were like designer pants anyway they are featured in the young rock show and i laughed oh. so i was like oh i just found out what those were and now you're wearing them around <laughs> in the 80s very silly stuff, guys. Okay, speaking of very silly stuff, you guys ready to talk about Jagged Edge? Yes. I don't want you out in public until the trial is over. I don't want to see any pictures of you in the paper. I want you to look as though your life has been shattered. It is a trial of the heart. He didn't do it. Yeah? Is that your head talking or another part of your anatomy? Jeff Bridges. Glenn Close. <laughs> Jagged Edge. Okay, Tim. Jagged Edge, tell us um, who made it, how this was how this was made, and then let us know why you picked this this movie. Well, I can start why I picked it. I picked it because I watched it a lot as a child. What age child? Had it been eight or nine? Interesting. Okay. I don't know why I kept watching. It was like the first super like mystery thriller I remember watching that had like a, you know gotcha at the end like i never watched a movie like that that was this serious 
that cartoons kind of had it, but this was like a murder and a trial. And, you know, it was a movie that I watched. It wasn't a bunch of action and shoot them up. It was just a story I had to follow. Yeah, and, I'm kind of impressed for that age being interested in it. Like it is not a action packed at all. No, loved it. Uh, directed by Richard Marquand. Marquand? Not pronounce his name. He also directed Return of the Jedi. Oh. Wait, what? He That's did- not nothing. <laughs> I was like, who is this obscure, this obscure director? <laughs> directed Return of the Jedi, man. And uh, Hearts of Fire. Um, nothing else you really know. Anyway, it stars Jeff Bridges as Jack Forrester, Glenn Close as Teddy Barnes. Peter Coyote plays uh, Krasny, the other attorney, or the prosecutor. Was he a prosecutor? Yeah. Um, and uh, the late Robert Lugia, he's passed away, right? If I'm mistaken. Yeah, he passed away definitely. And just to clarify, this is 1985. 1985. So we've got Robert Lugia in it. And um, that's about it for the people you need to know who are in it. So Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Bad guy. I, you know, in Iron Man, that was the first time I remember being like, oh, Jeff Bridges is the bad guy. But apparently he'd been a bad guy in the 80s even. Oh, he's been a bad guy before in a few things. Really? I don't think of him as a bad guy. (laughs) He was a bad guy in, what's the one? uh, With Kiefer Sutherland? Um, Jeff Bridges and Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. I think it was a bad guy and uh, what was it called? I think but they, yeah, The Vanishing. It's a okay. re- where this guy's wife goes missing at a gas station. And he feels your years trying to find her. And um, he finds the guy who did it. And the guy wants him to go through what his wife went through to find her. You know, oh. it's terrifying. No, it's up no. to you. Watch it. That might be why I haven't seen it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So tell us about the movie, Tim. This movie is about a murder that takes place where um, Mr. Forrester's wife is killed. And they think it's part of a string of murders, another murder that happened months ago. Um, He's being arrested for it because someone says they saw a knife in his locker that matches the knife that was used in the murder. And they bring in Glenn Close to defend him. And while, while defending him, she falls in love with this guy, like legit, like off the bat. Like she's already like horny for this guy. And then, um, yeah, it's the trial to figure out if he's innocent or guilty. Why they have their love uh, thing going on. Which leads me to my favorite part of the film. I love that scene at the end and we were in the, like the judges chambers. And it clicks for the guy like, oh, he told you about this. Like, that's how you knew. He calls him a monster. And like, that's a great, it's a great scene. That's a great scene that ends the leads to the climax of the film. But yeah, it clicks for him. They're like, oh, you're, you've been falling for this guy. He's leading you down a path that's not true. He told you about this thing because he knows you're going to use it in trial. Don't be a dummy. And she's, you know. She's a dummy. She's a dummy. She's a dummy. Yeah. Like, yeah. not that this was a problem. They were like romantically together and she was defending him. That's not illegal. 
highly frowned upon, I'd imagine. I felt like she made a ton of bad choices. Like, she was not a great protagonist. Why, you feel like she was stupid the whole time? It just seemed like... It's not that she is stupid, but it's it's this phenomenon within a movie where where you don't think the character is stupid, but they're doing something that is so stupid that it's, like, discordant, right? You're like, this is a character presented as intelligent and also doing something so stupid that it's just kind of dragging my ability to really uh, invest in this person. So um, the biggest piece for me in this movie is the fact that this is a woman lawyer. And I feel like she really, this, this was not helpful for us. <laughs> this idea that like women can't control their emotions. Right. Um, they have to fall in love with their client and then can't see straight in terms of like, I mean, her own investigator that she trusts from the beginning is like, he did it. And she's not, yeah. she's not following that. She's not, it's, it's awful. And it's also the backstory is like, she left the prosecutor's office because she couldn't handle being like in that world and doing um criminal law anymore so she won't do criminal law anymore so it's like okay so women can't hack it in terms of criminal law so they have to run away to do this other stuff and then which is like corporate law now right yeah or family law or something something crazy and now and then she gets like gets pulled back and i mean it's just like you are a terrible example of what a woman lawyer can be (laughs) like you're you're awful this Mm -hmm. idea that like she's a part of another case that they did poorly which they hint at at the beginning when she runs to that older black woman who's like, you don't belong here. You don't have no place here. You don't, you don't belong there. Like, I remember like, uh, um, you, as the lawyer, like you don't show up at a family's funeral. Like you don't do that. What are you doing there? Like I even had a good relationship with one of the folks on our cases that passed away. And I, I wanted to go, but I didn't like, that's not appropriate. You don't yeah. show up in their lives like that. Like, that is not your role. I, I could not stand her. In a lot of movies or shows, um, or I guess in real life, there is the whole idea of, um, what is the, how do you put it? Like ineffective counsel mm-hmm. or something like that, right? Where it's like, oh, well, my counsel was not up to snuff because uh, they had what, maybe a, a conflict or they were this or that or whatever. Can can he claim like if he was convicted that he had ineffective counsel because her like she was not professional doubt it it's a pretty high bar like your counsel can't fall asleep during trial um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry that's, that's something that's been on appeal in washington <laughs> like, <Sorry about laughs> how long were they dozing so yeah it's it's a pretty low bar because a lot of there's a lot of deference given to lawyer strategy and and what they do and that like there's an assumption of competence like bare competence that's how you become a lawyer like that's why it's so hard to get that license um and then yeah you can and and there are other ways of like going through the disciplinary route of like somebody's not competent and not doing it well to prevent from you know cases getting overturned that way um but yeah, I mean, so again, 1985, I don't know what the rules of professional ethics were then. <laughs> now it is absolutely frowned upon to start a relationship with your client. How prevalent do you think it is? Probably. I don't know. I don't know how prevalent it is. I know I mean, like it, it must happen, small, but. Yeah, when you think about smaller towns and the way so many people operate, like 
I wouldn't be surprised if it's happening in some smaller municipalities with the well, less, you know. Yeah, and there is a difference between if there's a pre-existing, like if you're already in a relationship, that's one thing, but it's more like starting to work for somebody and then becoming in a relationship like that. Like, yeah. I guess he was just super confident he wasn't going to be convicted because I think that was part of his whole shit. Yeah. Right. But my, my, because my thing is from the outside, I wouldn't want to do that with somebody who has like, the part of the power over whether or not I'm going to keep my freedom or not. I kind of want you to just focus on that right now. Yeah, (laughs) But but I need you to believe that I didn't do it. Well, and he's also manipulative. Like he, I think he's thinking that his case is getting stronger by doing that and distracting her, which it is. It is. There's (laughs) that that scene where they're eating and she asks him about somebody and he's like, oh, I have to go do something. She's like, when we come back, I want to, you know. Like, I'm still your lawyer. I'm like, you're having a candlelight Chinese food with him. What do you mean? Why? Yes. For all of this, well, I'm your lawyer, like, trying to stand tall when you, you know, this this scene looks very romantic. I don't care who it, you are. Yeah. That's what we were like. What are you doing having a romantic dinner with your client? Like, yeah. what is this? It was bad. It was really bad. What, what do you guys think about Forrester's plan to commit another murder 18, or whatever, 18 months before or whatever? So it's not another murder. It's a, like, a... Assault. Right? Yeah, but it's like one of those where they're escalating, right? So he's making yeah. it look like the killer has escalated now to murder, but before then they didn't go through with it. Which I means that he apparently has been listening to the last podcast on the left because he, he really understands the progression of a of a serial mm-hmm. killer, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean he's not he he's smart, right? He's a smart, intelligent guy. I think it made sense and it he almost got away with it too. He almost got away with it. I think we should uh, bring in here that we watched um, Lincoln Lawyer on Shalia's uh, suggestion because these plots are very similar. Yeah. yeah. After this, I was like, we have to watch Lincoln Lawyer because they. I feel like they did it better. <laughs> they did this better. And partially it's because the lawyer wasn't having sex with the client and completely just. I think that's that's a major like reason it why huge, it, it yeah. comes across to me as a better movie. Yeah, It's more yeah. the lawyer like figuring out and then having to figure out what to do. Cause she's like, I think my, my turns out, I think my boyfriend client is guilty. And she goes to the judge for advice. Yeah. And like, what? You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> like You're making us look bad. And then, um, yeah. I mean, like, how do you work your way out of that? And she's just like, well, I don't know what to do versus Matthew McConaughey, who's like, I'm going to figure out how to make this stuff. Like, he, he, how to make this right. Yeah. I'm just competence, basically. <laughs> Much more competent way to do it. Trusting your investigator, um, which I, th- I think matters. Like, you got to trust your team. Like, what do you have a team for if you're not going to take what they're saying and like, look into it? Particularly an investigator, right? Because yeah. they see the seedier side of everybody, right? They see people when they're not wanting to be seen. Right. So for him to say this person is sketch, this person, I don't think this person is an innocent person. And we're yeah. like, nah, he's fine. Hmm. I'm going to go ride horses with him. And yeah, like, why do you have an investigator for it? Like, he's doing his job. He's like, hey, this guy, <laughs> you're like, eh, we're going to have candlelight Chinese dinner tonight and just talk about our lives. Well, and even at the very end, when she's waiting for him in her bed um, and shoots him. Does she think that's the investigator? She says somebody's name, and then the investigator comes in and opens the mask, and we see it's Jeff Bridges. Who did she, she think it was? Oh, okay. 
she was, knew it was him. His name was Jack or something. Yeah. She's like, Jack, show me your face. And he lunges at her and she shoots him. Okay. But here's the thing. Okay, so she figures out it's him because she finds the typewriter. Now, Which is a pretty great reveal. Yeah. It's a great reveal. That's the thing that hooked me as a kid. It's a crazy typewriter with the messed up. So they're, they're sending these notes. Some, some notes are being sent. They are, are super from the killer. And they have this very distinct T on the typewriter that's super like out of place. They're not Which assuming is, it's from the type or from the killer at first. Or no, actually, are they? I mean, because they have the conversations about these notes. Right. They say it could be from the killer. Right. But what's interesting is is the idea that a type or that that like the key to a case or a mystery revolves around a typewriter, which yeah, is something totally. like my mom had a typewriter, I think in the early the early 90s. I remember seeing one. I think she was writing like a term paper on it or oh, something. But like the, that's such something kind of like a rotary phone that's out of my experience. <laughs> like it's been it's been gone for so long that. I just I, I thought it was a fun idea to have that as as the uh, center to the mystery. Well, it's it's it it definitely times the story right. It places it where you know where it happens, but like it reminds me of GI Jane, right? And like the fax smudges. I mean, like this is from the same fax machine. Like it's one of those like. Oh, that happens in that movie. Yeah, but in that it's a fax machine um, or a printer. That's funny. So it's just like it's it's interesting how yeah tech technology changes, but like the same little like hint of oh this must be from that same thing because it does this yeah so differently. So why does he throw the typewriter away? That's what I'm thinking. It's, it, why I is think it just it's always arrogance there? and hubris is yeah. usually the answer. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if we listen to these serial killer podcasts, there's a lot of a lot of arrogance. From yeah. Gay, from other killers, like, oh, I listened to a podcast the other day, and this killer guy killed a bunch of women. They couldn't find him. He's like, I know where to find the bodies. You can follow this. It was like back in the day. It was like Geo Map, yep. whatever. And he like logged into his account, and they were like, uh, and that's how they found him. They like traced his account. He was logged in when he sent the map. Like, here's where you find body number seventeen. <laughs> All right, homie, we're just gonna track you back to your spot, and that's how they caught him. Same with BTK. He sent that disc, like, hope it's not traceable. They're like, it's definitely not traceable. Traced it back to his church and got him. Like, there's a bit of hubris. I, I think but there's also are. a piece of, like, you just keep getting away with it. Like, in this movie, he, I mean, he he literally could have been just been like, I did it. <laughs> She'd be like, huh? Like, yeah. So at some point, maybe you even get a little bit sloppy because you're just like, well, I, I don't really have to hide anything because she's never going to figure it out anyway. <laughs> she's so, that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're on their vacation after this trial. And, and her husband's like, oh, you have someone to celebrate. Takes the kids, like go bone your client. So she's out on a vac- vacation with you when she finds it. And then she like hurries and leaves. And then she tells him. Like, I'd be calling him from the police station. She called him from home. And it's like, I know it's you, essentially. And he's like, you know. Then she knows he's going to come for her. Then she's on the phone with someone else. And I think that's when she realizes, like, I have to kill him. So that's why she's waiting. She, like, gets in the shower. It's like, laying her in her bed with a gun, like, waiting for him to come in the house. And he does. Which is, like, I mean, that's, like, premeditated murder. Like, you don't just get to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to tell the police. He needs to stand trial. Oh, there's this great one of those like forensic files joints where this these women were being assaulted in like this 
four state area and they didn't know what was happening. They were like waking up drug, knowing they were assaulted, but not sure who was assaulting them. So in this story, this woman uh, is looking for a tape for their something their kid is on and finds it's her husband who's been drugging these women and assaulting them. He's been recording it on their videotape. He left it in the video recorder. So she calls him. She's like, baby, I know what's happening. I found the tape. He's like, oh, let's come. Let's let's talk about it. It's not what you think. She was like, oh, I'm at the police station like right now. So don't <laughs> Good. worry about it. She called him from the police station. I was like, that's the smartest thing. She went to the police station and that's when she made the call from. I was like, oh, me and the kid, we're here. So you can come meet us down here if you want to. Um, that is how you do it. How you do like, it? That's how you do it. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, honey, we can talk all about it. But do, but do we like his plan? Do we like his plan to make it look like a series of murders? Because that was, I don't know if you guys ever saw Your Next. That was kind of the killer's plan in Your Next. I haven't seen your next. I I don't know if I could say I like his plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if I was okay with this, like it's a smart generally, plan. then yes. Yeah, it makes total sense. It makes sense. Yeah, it was a it was a good plan. And especially in that time, we're talking early 80s, we're just coming out of the 70s where there are a bunch of serial killers and it's, you know, no one's safe in America, not the suburb, not the urban areas. These murderers are living among us. There's cults. So the idea that there's some crazy killer. It did have a bit of the like a satanic panic uh it did. flavor to it as well. He well writes, and this like he writes bitch above the dead body and blood. He cut that woman's nipples off. Like it's a bunch of weird stuff that he's doing that like will make you think satanic panic. And then on top of it, you have um, I mean, the guy who he's trying to frame for it is like also selling sex right so you have like this whole women who are willing to be promiscuous in that way and and have relationships with that type of person then being more vulnerable a little bit i think is smart messaging as well but if you think about the messaging back then right they're making this straight line between like sex workers perversion and murderers exactly it's all happening in the same spectrum like if you're doing one you're going to do the other and it's it's not a far cry. Not they're not seeing the fact this guy's a bit of a gigolo. It's like that's his thing. He just likes to have sex with women for money, and sometimes for not for money. He's just what he's gonna do. But also, it's, it's the same thing with like with like dirty dancing, right? It's what's happening at this resort where people are just having sex with young pool boys and, and workers, sometimes for free, sometimes for favorite, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they try to spin it in like he's involving this, which means he's only like a half step away from from murder. Obviously, he's a murderer because he'll do whatever. Yeah, and also just violent predator. Yeah. Um, yeah, the predator. so I do think it was smart, right? Because Jeff Bridges' character is—he's a journalist, like he's yeah. a, a very high up journalist. So it's like he is smart. He's following the news of the time. He's mm-hmm. like he's using that as like his plot device and how to do this. 100%. And I and I do think that it was. It, it was a smart thing for the character and then for the movie to be calling out that time. Like, yeah, yeah I, 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 I did appreciate that. I will tell you, Tim, um, yeah. I can't watch movies like this. <laughs> yeah. So this, that, like, that is the worst, like more than ghosts. Um, yeah. What this was, was like the worst for me. So like, we're in the beginning and I was like, we, we kind of was just like, are we going to be able to watch this? Luckily it was just the one, but then they talk about it. And then the other woman, like, yeah, that that uh I thought you'd be okay because it was just the one. No, 
like a, a man coming into my home when I'm in bed asleep is like my nightmare. And then what he does to her is like hell. <laughs> like it's like it's it's pretty tra- traumatizing. And I was kind of like, this is it's be. I mean, I guess when you guys are talking like satanic panic and stuff, like it kind of makes sense. But I'm like, this is beyond what's necessary. Like the even the name of the film and the reason why they're naming that. Like mm-hmm. I'm just close to throwing up thinking about it. So I don't know if any of our female listeners haven't watched it yet, but it is definitely traumatizing and triggering. Fast forward through the murder at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to hold on to these movies for days when Shalia is not available. I thought it could because it's such a dated movie and it's just the one scene. You're like, no. Mm-mm. Does anybody die in the movie Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I can handle Silence of the Lambs. Well, I mean, than other I than the this. bad guy at the end, but that but that yeah. whole movie bothers her, and, and nobody. I, I don't think any of the actual victims are ever shown. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I don't have to see the the. You death. don't see it's it. the you, concept. Yeah, you and see then the girl in Silence of the the girl who gets kidnapped in the van. Yeah. We ask her what size she is. But she's alive at the end. She's putting the lotion on the skin. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah. Yeah. The, the point I was just making is that the, the victim doesn't even have to die. It, it is the situation that bothers her. Yeah. And totally. Cause you know, like it was one of those, I'm like, Kendon, you got to go to bed with me tonight. Like I'm not sleeping alone for a while here. <laughs> Sorry. You can't play your video games tonight or you need to before I go to bed. Cause yeah. And what's funny is that's why Lincoln Lawyer was a good follow-up because I was like, I need to watch Competence and like... I think the fact that, that uh, Glenn Close's character is so incompetent is the thing that drove me absolutely insane watching it. Yeah. And you- it's the fact that she's a woman lawyer. Like for me, I'm like, in 1985, that's just extremely not helpful. Once, once Shalia brought that topic up, I yeah. saw it the whole time, so it was cringe the whole time that every time she was doing something that was really dumb and it also hurt was hurting Shalia. <laughs> but also there's this moment at the end where she tries to have like this valiant like back in this time we did this one case and we did the do dirty and we had evidence and we didn't we buried it like you're not you you're sleeping with a murderer <laughs> relax on like having this sort of like high <laughs> sit on seriously Fair enough. well and like again this guy's wife just died like just- she moves in on him pretty quick and like there's no there's no thought about like um you you oh god that scene where he's crying like they're walking through the house and he's like fake crying and stuff oh he's so good in it it's just like girl what are you and i think what probably my my favorite character in the movie is jeff bridges because he's so unlikable but also believable as like well, maybe he didn't do it. He's kind of a dick, but that doesn't mean he's a murderer. He maybe hated his wife. It doesn't mean he killed her. Then he realized, oh, no, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he, definitely, he definitely murdered her, but, you know. But he's such a great character because Jeff Bridges is the young, handsome Jeff Bridges. He's believable as, like, this young, handsome man who's got a wife and is successful and women like. And you can see why she would be enamored by him. He's he's charismatic. I okay. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, except for that, 
And Shalia, can you maybe stand in as a generic woman on this? Does that not get severely dampened by the fact that he is under suspicion for murder? Yeah. Well, and like, again, 1985, maybe things are different, but it's like, dude, your wife just died and now you're macking on me. Like, yeah, that, indi- that indicates and- a, like a low amount of like empathy for the person who just died. Maybe a lower amount of value for the person who just died. Well, and like the maid died too. And they kept saying her maid. Like they always yeah. talk about his wife's <laughs> maid, his wife's maid. And I'm like, this is you guys' house. Like, your yeah. House. Like, what do you mean her, your wife's maid? Like, yeah. <laughs> what else so that, that was come- weird. Did that that came across as a little generational or something to me. Not generational. Like, I mean, like- it's not like she was her handmaiden like yeah. the one who dresses her in the morning like she was the housekeeper the <laughs> of this house. vacation house wasn't she the one who had all the money yes she was the one who had all so the money so she was probably the one writing the checks sure but it's a for a house that it's their vacation house like again just the way that it, it seemed, kept being like his wife made pointed yeah like like there was a like it seemed somehow appropriate to me even though i would never have thought to say it that way yeah. but oh. also there's a full on conversation they have about the fact that he was cheating on his wife and he makes no bones about the fact that he was a cheater he's like yep cheated on my wife do you want the hotel rooms as well like he and i think that's part of why she was okay with whatever she was doing because this guy made it no secret that he was unfaithful to his wife and he was also i guess yeah really like throwing that out there mm-hmm. is kind of a distraction of like i'm so open don't look over here at whatever else I'm doing. And also yeah. feel sorry for me because I, I was trapped, right? I was, um, I, there's nothing I can do. She has all of the yeah. money. It's like, it reminds me like Cosby's defense, which is like, I cheated on my wife. I'm like, okay, but did you drug these women too? Like, <laughs> there's another part <laughs> of the conversation. You're just like, I'm just, I was a horrible cheater. I'm just an adulterer. It's like, yeah, but you, you're actually drugging them. That's like the problem. So right. it's like it's like that's not why we're in court today, sir. <laughs> yeah. Because you cheated on on Camille a bunch, but that's the defense. It's like, look, you guys, I can admit I'm kind of a piece of shit, but I'm also not a murderer. It reminds me of my favorite scene from Dexter. When uh, you guys ever watched Dexter? Yeah. So yeah. Dexter, that scene when, when that that episode where he gets the woman who like killed her family and saying that some drug dealer broke in and kills her kid, kills her husband, and Dexter finally has her at the end of the episode on the table. He's got her all wrapped up. She's like, what are you gonna do? You gonna rape me? And he was like, no one's raping anybody. Like, <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna kill you though. <laughs> but it's like, I'm not raping anyone. He's and Dexter is so offended. You're gonna say, do I look like a rapist? Yeah. <laughs> <With his laughs> knife out? Like, but I'm I'm gonna kill you. Like, I'm not a rapist. Like Dexter is so offended by that she would even think that this that, that he would do that. So Man, so put maybe put your, your fingers on? in your ears. Okay. But it's just like being confined up in that that shrink wrap that he that he uses. He like sure. wraps you up. You can't move. Whatever. Like that was always something that did kind of get to me. I was like, that's a shitty situation. Like your hands shrink wrapped down. They're, they yeah. do anything. It's very much like a spider. Now that you think that I think about it, right? Yeah. New Dexter coming out. Let's hope it's not as bad as the first season. The last season. Um, I'm sure it'll be better. Yeah. All right. Um, so Tim, you've said what your favorite part of the movie is. Kendon, what yeah. was your favorite thing about this movie? Oh. The typewriter, and I want to the typewriter plot device, and I also want to tie that into there's a really good tense scene that I like where she gets the t- the typewriter, 
she's now taking it out of the house yes right and she has to she uh she puts it in the car she's trying to get away and you're like oh is he gonna he shows up and he's like oh oh is he gonna see that she has it in there is it hidden well i feel like it's a pretty uh common sort of scene but i feel like the tension was well was well ramped up yeah her car, her car won't start right yeah that's i think that is what and i was like and it had already happened once before and so like, like, he do that on purpose it was a setup too yes that it, yeah. since it had happened before it wasn't just a out of the uh out of the blue the car doesn't work thing so do you think he knew no. i don't think so i don't think he would have let her he, leave he didn't get any idea he, he he's arrogant he's scot-free he beat the case he's got his boo do you think okay so say say she doesn't find a typewriter what is his plan to just to be with her or is he just gonna no he get over over after after some period of time yeah he didn't love her (laughs) he was trying to beat the case yeah yeah and getting some on the side yeah if i gotta do this if i got if i gotta be you know some sort of like man whore to win this case then i'm gonna do it that's what i think and i think he needed like he didn't drop her immediately after the trial he like spends this weekend like he needs to make like he needs to keep her on yeah and he needs to keep her on his side for, for a little while yeah <laughs> like he yeah there's Wait, a, no there is no appeal um, never mind right i mean the state could appeal, the state could appeal. They they the state appeal under okay. those they can if there's new evidence presented oh okay but yeah i think he i, don't, I mean i didn't have any impression that he had any because the state had kind of a weak case which is you're banking on a guy to identify that he saw the knife in the Pacific locker at a gym. And he, he's supposed to reelect it months ago. That's hard. And they didn't figure out that a different locker, I mean, like her, like whole, like, oh, we found somebody else whose knife yeah. that was. Like, that's not the kind of thing that prosecutors miss. No. <laughs> It seemed like a layup. Like, well, how did y'all miss this? And it's like this smoking gun of evidence coming. <laughs> we got another guy who has a knife who was at the gym. Like, but I guess it, maybe back in '85, it's harder to track people down, and everything wasn't so digital. Where you could be like, "Oh, this is so and so. He comes here all the time, and he's a hunter." You know, you can go to his Instagram. He's got a bunch of hunting photos, and there's none of that. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, yeah, it just is like, oh, that's. It's also one of those where, okay, you won by, 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 by their mistake, right? Like, not right. because he's innocent, but yeah, because yeah. they missed something that they needed to have yeah. found. <laughs> and you won by placing doubt that maybe it wasn't his locker, not like completely exonerating him from being a murderer. <laughs> right, exactly. What is his locker? I don't know. That's enough to get him off. It reminds me of like certain like games, like, like watching sports. And Mm -hmm. I want, I want the team. I want, I want the win to be based on everybody at their best. Like if Mm -hmm. your main quarterback is out and injured and some of your best players are out, I'm not going to feel as great about winning against you. (laughs) Like I might take it because I need the numbers for the end of the season or whatever, but like, it's not the same as if legit your best players, my best players go and we win. Like, <laughs> or, or, you know, it, it's the, it's the game winning drive and it's a clumsy turnover. Wow, play exactly. th- Someone makes a hundred times like, Oh wow. He fumbled that. Like, <laughs> it doesn't feel I'll take the win. Doesn't feel great. Exactly. So 
I mean, I guess as you know, when you're, when you're talking about a defendant in a criminal case, you'll take the win no matter what, but yeah, it's just like, this isn't for the lawyer. I feel like this isn't again, she believed well, sort of believed he was innocent. Yeah. But she's in the, she's in the courtroom touchdown dancing. Like they had some slam double in. I'm like, no, you didn't. You're, you're giving this whole press conference in the middle of a courtroom. First of all, why are all these people in the courtroom doing a press conference immediately after he gets found not guilty? They're surrounding her to ask her questions that she's like, by the way, I was part of another case that was shady. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. I'm trying to ruin that guy's life. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in terms of my favorite thing of this movie, I think that guy, that prosecutor, I, I think those dynamics were kind of fun and i did like a courtroom drama like mm-hmm. based in 85 i mean i i haven't seen a whole lot of those and so it's kind of interesting to like to look at in that way but like it was just kind of funny because he's painted as this super unethical prosecutor who's running yeah. for to be senator yeah he's running for something mm-hmm. some kind of yeah mayor like he he's a politician and so it's it's really interesting, like that he's the one like leading this case, but he's so um like kind of stoic, like he just smokes yeah. his cigars and asks some questions, but he's, and he's very right. even keeled. And he is right. And right. like, but we don't see a lot of that side. And I was like, I guess the thing that I liked the most was how much it reminded me of the Lincoln lawyer. Because <laughs> like he's similar. So- and you know what's really funny is before I knew what this whole plot was gonna be and how this movie was gonna turn out that prosecutor reminded me of the guy who plays the prosecutor in Lincoln Lawyer. Very different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, he reminds me of that guy. Like, I, and I think, I guess I'm going to like segue us into like influences is I think there was some of that. This had to have influenced that movie in some respect. Um, and I think maybe part of that is the like, yeah, the, this, this like even keeled prosecutor who's just very confident and um I, yeah, I, I can't say I liked it. Like personally, that's what, that's the type of prosecutor I like, but I appreciated seeing it in the movie, if that makes sense. Oh, I forgot to tell you my Lincoln Lawyer story. What? Oh yeah, what's your Lincoln Lawyer story? Movie, movie's coming out. The, the, the writer of the book is in town. Okay. One of our previous coworkers, huge fan of this author, loved all his books. So as I'm talking to the author, I'm just like, yeah, my coworker like loves your books. He was like, really? So a book that wasn't out yet, Grabbed it, asked her name, signed it, wrote a nice little message for her. And I gave it, she could not have been happy. Oh, that's so cool. That yeah. is so cool. It was cool. Wow. I was crying when I gave it to her. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I believe it. Like, hey, I got this. Because you knew I was interviewing him. Okay, I got this for you. She's like, what is this? Like, oh my God, it's not out yet. And it had a nice little message for her in the book. Yeah, it was nice. That is so cool. Tim, you're a great guy. Being kind to people helps. That's why, that's always my reminder. Just be kind. No. Well, and like, the, yeah, the fact that you would think to mention that, right, to the author, because I, I mean, like, they, it, it's nice for them to know, right? And yeah. and then it's nice that the author would be like, hey, let me do this nice thing. Like, yeah. that's oh, so nice. Oh, yeah, let me, here you go. It's not, not, it's out in a few weeks, but here you go. Yeah. That is so cool. Great. That's so cool. It's a good, it, so I don't know the other books, but uh, a, a defense attorney finding out that they're, <laughs> their client is guilty and having to figure out how to deal with the rules That's of tough. ethics. Like, 
that's, tough. that's compelling. Um, and tough. yeah, these are two two stories of that and different ways of handling it. No, right? But I will say for, for fans who have not seen uh, Jagged Edge, the, the, if you want to skip all the murder, the, the, the trial stuff starts about halfway through the movie, like an hour in. Is heavy, the heavy trial stuff. We're learning more about the evidence and what both the prosecution and defense are thinking. And then you're watching these two idiots fall in love. <laughs> oh, man, it's great. It made a lot more sense to me, Tim, learning that you watched this as a kid. Because I can totally see a nine-year-old being like, this oh, is incredible. <laughs> my, my mind was blown. It's just like when I watched the beginning of Return of the Jedi. I thought it was the best opening I'd ever seen in the movie ever in my entire life. Oh, opening is incredible when I watched it as a kid. I was like, this movie is insane. Like, so you had a favorite director as a kid, turned out. I didn't know. I didn't know I did. Apparently, I do. <laughs> I love that opening to Return of the Jedi. It's so great. It's still great now. I still, I might watch it today. Like, it's such a fantastic opening to a film. What do you, what are you calling the opening? Yeah, Return of the Jedi. What part? All the way, all, all of it. it. All the way up oh. to the Sarlacc pit. That's really funny because when I was a kid, I skipped that half of the movie. Oh, I love that part. Like, I liked it a bit. I didn't always skip it, but mostly I wanted to get to the Emperor and Vader and yeah. the, and the, um, the, the, what do you call it? The throne room, essentially. That was my, yeah. that was my jam. That part's great, too. I just, something about that opening when Luke shows up and. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they get to the ship, and the Sarlacc pit was scared the hell out of me. I was like, what if one of those actually exists? Like, what would I do? Friends, I'm sorry for repeating ourselves because I'm sure we've said this before, but Tim, in terms of those movies, had you seen Empire Strikes Back before you saw Return of the Jedi at that age? I'm going to say yes. Okay. And do you like, do you have an idea? Was it? like a stretch of time like were you seeing it similar to like adult audiences at that point where no like, you've been waiting so. for it okay no i think i did it saw it leading up to return i think return of the jedi was for me that was for my age group the ewoks i remember my uncle hating the ewoks that's one thing i remember distinctly he thought it was the worst idea ever he was like i hate these stupid little teddy bears like he was, <laughs> he was there were ewoks in this movie but I was like, these are so adorable. Like, what do He's you not alone. I would skip over those parts too. Oh man. If the Ewoks, they did they do kill a guy though. They murdered yeah. that. They murdered Did that. you watch the Ewoks uh movies? No. <laughs> Growing up, I watched those too. It was like one of those, like back in the day when you really wanted more Star Wars, like yeah. you really wanted more, and you would accept <laughs> certain yeah. things. Christmas um, specials, cartoons. Oh yeah. now it's Okay, so uh, any other influences that you guys identified for this movie? I feel like, Tim, it must have been somewhat influential on you, like, at that age, interested in this twist and, like, kind of murder mystery, just a lot of your interest in true crime. <laughs> I mean, I know that you were watching Unsolved Mysteries and things like that, too, but... It was not by my <laughs> volition. I hated that show. It scared the hell out of me. <laughs> it, man, that theme song used to kill me but no I think yeah a lot of murder mysteries a lot of um, these sort of like true crime thriller films that were coming out at the time in the 80s especially early 90s we get into like a lot of books being adapted a lot of true crime books being adapted into film like this I think is a nice template for how to do it you got the murder you got you you're giving a bunch of like backstory the first 30 minutes a bunch of exposition and then you spend the last hour or so the actual trial 
which is what we see in the Lincoln Lawyer, which is what we see in, you know, few uh, good men. A few good men. I said, yeah, I almost said that. A few good men. Like a few good men is like that, where you get to see these things take place. So I think that's definitely the influence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you guys want to say about Jagged Edge before we rate it? Okay. 1985, Jagged Edge. Is it a classic or are we past it? I'll go first. I'm past it. I'm also past it. The classic to me. Maybe because I'm sentimental because I watched it as a kid a lot. Fair. It but- did not make much of an impression on me. Like by the next day, I was kind of not remembering the plot details. Fair. And I was remembering them, but not in a happy way. <laughs> <laughs> between the, the the nature of the murder and the woman lawyer I, was like, I, I will say he looked terrifying in his whole get up oh yeah absolutely that was great he looked like it reminded me of the way people would describe the zodiac killer oh you know what we haven't talked about the guy who he was framing for it like he <laughs> creepy like um went up to glenn close when she's like getting in her car yeah, i was like dude why are you like what's wrong what with you doing? Yeah, in the parking, I forgot about that scene. Yeah, the parking garage scene when he approaches her. So then I'm like, well, that's unresolved. What? But I think that's all just to, throw, that guy? to throw the audience into thinking that maybe, maybe uh, Forrester didn't do it. Yeah. Right. And it, it, that was legit. Like, I, I think it was smart. But I was also like, I'd also like you to follow up with that guy because what? Yeah. <laughs> like, he may have committed some dangerous. other crimes. Yeah, it may exactly. not be good murder, but he definitely. He did some shit. You should probably follow him around. Exactly. His DNA is probably in some crime scene somewhere. But, um, okay, friends, there you go. Uh, that's Jagged Edge. I recommend Lincoln Lawyer. Yes, <laughs> definitely watch Lincoln Lawyer. I is recommend it, Lincoln Lawyer as well. It's on HBO Max right now, right? Correct? I don't know. I think so. I watched think it on something. Or something. It was on one of the streaming, the standard streaming channels that we have. You yeah, may find this good. funny, Tim. Uh, I was going to have to do a trial in person last um, year during COVID. Wow. And I didn't want to go into our office in between. Like it was out. Of, it was not in Seattle. So I was going to have to go out of, um, in it to another town to do it. And, you know, I'll be in the courtroom for most of the day, but during like lunch and breaks, like you can't just hang out in there. And so I didn't want to expose people in our office if I didn't have to, right? Because like there was a couple, like, you know, our essential personnel are in there. Um, so instead I had a mini van <laughs> that I was planning to park in front of the courthouse and it had like a, a electrical plug so I could um, have my laptop plugged in. And I, was, <laughs> I was literally planning to be the Lincoln lawyer, like <laughs> working from the back <laughs> of the van. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's available. Lincoln Lawyer from 2011 with Matt McConaughey. It's available on Netflix, Prime Video, HBO Max, and Peacock Premium. Yeah, all right, it's out right now. I like it. You can watch it. So, what do you guys want to do next? It's up to you. Is it my turn? Um, so, this is probably coming a little bit off of White Lotus, which Kenan didn't like and you haven't seen but it's also sort of a summer movie and we're still in summer right now. So I think I'm gonna say, let's watch North Shore. Have you guys ever heard of it? I've never heard of it. So I haven't seen it in a very long time, but growing up, it's kind of a classic um, Hawaii movie. It It is a surfer movie. It's about a kid moving from the mainland to Hawaii and trying to be a surfer and, having some difficulty 
fitting in with the locals. And I have a feeling I'm not going to love it <laughs> if I watch this. And by the end, I'm probably going to be past it. That's my prediction. I, um, I will say people who like North Shore also liked Gleam in the Cube, Chasing Mavericks, Point Break, The Reboot, Dogtown, and Z-Boys, Blue Crush. There we go. And Rad and Thrash. I would say Blue Crush is probably the, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see, friends. I, I don't know if I'm going to be happy about this movie, um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to throw out there. I think it's a good towards the end of summer okay. option, and we'll see what you guys think. I don't even know Sunday? if it's available anywhere. Oh. I'm looking right now. I don't see it. Well, oh, it's available for rent. You can rent it on Apple TV or Amazon. Or okay, for like a reasonable amount. $3.99. Okay, yeah. that's cool. We can do that. <laughs> what was it? Weekend at Bernie's? It was like 15 yes, bucks. And we're like, no. $85 for this. What? We have enough to pick from. Um, not that. But yeah, okay. So let's do North North Shore. Uh, next time, when Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back.